0: Okay, good afternoon, everyone. We are going to reconvene now as the Marin County Housing Authority Board of Commissioners. So we will start. I'm always thrown when we start with minutes as opposed to commissioner matters. But anyway, let's start with the minutes. Are there any changes to the minutes anyone would like to make? I'm not seeing anyone here. Any public comment on minutes? There is
1: no one in the queue.
0: Okay. We'll We'll move
2: the minutes. Second.
0: Okay, motion by Rice, second by Lucan. All in favor? Aye. 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 Thank you. That brings us now to Commissioner Matters and the executive director's report. Any Commissioner Matters? I'm looking down to my right and down to my left. No, great. We'll go to the executive director. Hello, Kimberly.
3: Hello, G- good afternoon, commissioners. I want to start my director's report today with just telling you um, that we are happy to report that the work is progressing towards selecting a developer partner best suited to work with MHA and the GGV Resident Council to implement the framework that uh, for redeveloping Golden Gate Village that was approved by your board last November in 2022. And uh, just to to restate that this vital document that was approved established the principles, goals, and approach to redeveloping Golden Gate Village. A comprehensive uh, rehabilitation will occur to address the property's physical needs. No buildings will be demolished and no new buildings will be added. The rehabilitation will be green and in keeping with the historic characteristics of the community. The redevelopment will also address the residents of Golden Gate Village by ensuring residents will not lose their housing, preserving affordability, and investing in resident services. Since November, Marin Housing has instituted a preference for former Golden Gate Village residents to return to the property. Um, And Marin Housing has begun working with Marin County and the Marin Community Foundation to establish a resident empowerment fund and working with the residents. The Golden Gate Village Redevelopment Framework instructed Marin Housing to identify a developer partner best suited to accomplish the identified goals for Golden Gate Village. Marin Housing worked with the Golden Gate Village Resident Council to release the RFQ to be used to identify a development partner. The RFQ was released May 22nd. Proposals were received on August 11th. And we established a nine-member evaluation committee consisting of Golden Gate Village residents, community members, and housing professionals to help us evaluate these proposals that we received. Um, Marin Housing staff and Structure, our development consultant, have completed technical assistance sessions with the members of the board, or the members of this committee to review proposals. The aim was to help each member understand the information included in the proposals The evaluation tool was created for the committee to understand, compare, and contrast the information that was submitted. Um, The evaluation committee met for four and a half hours yesterday to evaluate all the proposals that we received. And um, the next step is to prepare questions or ask for additional information from the development teams that have um, proposed their, their proposals for us. After the evaluation committee completes their review, a progress, um, this process, a recommendation will be given to this board for the redevelopment partner that is best suited to help implement the Golden Gate Village redevelopment framework. So I just wanted to give an update that that's the big next step in our our process. I've also included in the board packet um, and board documents our monthly Golden Gate Village revitalization report. This will be available each month on the Marin Housing website. And anyone interested in receiving an ongoing email can register for that on our website as well. And then we will automatically be sending out this report to interested individuals. And this is all just trying to make keep the process very transparent and um, people to be informed. Additionally, I've included the Golden Gate Village newsletter in the packet of, just to provide updates of everything that's happening at our property as well as all the services that we are offering. And we've also included our Housing Choice Voucher Landlord Newsletter in the packet. So just kind of given a whole lot of information that way this month. So that concludes my um, executive director's report.
0: Questions from the boards or comment on the executive director report? And then we'll go to public comment.
4: Um, I I just want to thank the Housing Authority staff who were at the Seeds of Hope event yesterday. Mm -hmm. They were very, very engaged with people experiencing homelessness and people who had recently experienced homelessness and had a great showing of uh, welcoming and support. So I I think that was a um, well-received showing by your staff.
5: Great.
2: Any other comments? You just really quickly, Kimberly. Thank you so much for including the uh, monthly the re- redevelopment report, and maybe you can just automatically sign all of us up for.
3: Sure. Thanks. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, I also want to thank you, Kimberly, for all the information. I'm I'm looking at it now because I didn't catch it before. But it, thank you for including these items, and. Um, I was looking for your newsletter, uh, and I maybe I'm missing it. I saw the redevelopment report. So let me let me open to public comment right now. And so this is on the executive director. Welcome to all of you who just came. I'm sorry. Uh, we started and didn't catch you, but please, Mary, come up, and anyone else who'd like to comment on this item, which is the executive director's report. Public comment in general. Yes, let me see. That will be next. I'm sorry, oh, we do that last in these meetings. So, all right, public comment is coming. We haven't missed it. Okay, with that, we'll move on right now to item number 13C. This is a request to sign a contract with the California Department of Public Health uh, for housing opportunities with persons with aid.
3: AIDS. And for this item, I have asked our Supportive Housing Program Manager, Samantha Gazowski, to provide um, an update. You're, you're good. Oop, oh, no, you're not. No, you're not.
6: Okay. Hello. Can I run here? Um, Hi, commissioners good afternoon um, this is an update on our HOPWA program our housing opportunities for persons with AIDS we were recently awarded funding through the California Department of Public Health office um, the office of AIDS to provide housing subsidies to individuals diagnosed with HIV or AIDS um, MHA has operated the HOPWA program for over 20 years and the programs under the supportive housing department The majority of our applicants come into the program already receiving supportive services from agencies such as Spar Center and Marin Community Clinics, but if they aren't currently receiving services, we do offer to connect them to services. Uh, It is a relatively small program, um, but also with really low turnover. We served 14 households last year, and we expect to serve 13 households this year in total. This is a five-year grant and CDPH authorizes up to $350,000 per year um, on an annual basis for a total of up to $1.75 million over this grant period for the next five years. Uh, the majority of funding is for hat payments and a small percentage is for administrative costs. Oh, housing assistance payments, so our subsidies to landlords.
0: Um. Okay, thank you for the other questions. I did you say how many people are served in this program?
6: Last year it was uh 14 households and then we expect to serve 13 households this year.
7: Thanks for the uh report. Is this new money or just renewed money?
8: Renewed. Okay, yeah. thank you.
0: Other questions? Okay, I'm gonna open it now for public comment or questions. Is there anyone in the chambers who'd like to speak? Not seeing anyone. Okay, yes, I am. Hello, Royce.
9: Well, <clears throat> I might as well be to the chase. Um understand that I made this trip almost for nothing, but under uh CFR 24 under uh, conflict of interest. And it says, resident council officers cannot serve as contractors or employees if they are in policy making or supervisory positions at the housing authority. So FYI, I don't work for the housing authority. So it was not a conflict of interest, and it is not a conflict of interest. If so, when Women Helping All People did it for 16 years, I was also a member of the Resident Council at that time. Right. So, you know, just say no. But uh, God knows, I knew something was crooked from the onset And that's why I I just couldn't get worked up and excited about it. I said, we'll see. So do whatever you do. Yeah, you hold your head down, but there's no conflict of interest here. Okay. Not at all. Thank
0: you. I think that's for our next item, 13D. Uh, So if we can go back to 13C for just a moment. Are there any comments on this uh, grant? Seeing any of the chambers, is there anyone online?
1: There's no one in the queue.
0: Okay, so I move we'll that
1: we approve
4: item 13c.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. we have a motion by SAC and a second, second by Rice. I'm sorry, second by Rodoni. All in favor? Aye. Aye. Okay, now uh, let's move to 13d. Okay.
3: This item is, um, I'm gonna, so Chris Barda is our procurement manager. Uh, with the Housing Authority, and um, we were very excited to bring this this contract to you for approval. We do want to, we, our intention is, as you'll see, is we would like to work with the Women Helping All People to provide landscape and grounds maintenance for Golden Gate Village. We, we feel like there's a lot of social... Um, Uh, it's a social enterprise where a lot of residents could get employment it's a women helping a women uh, owned business and a resident owned business however um, and we went through the full procurement process we had we had um, four four different vendors apply for this through our open.gov platform however we have received legal advice that we should get hud's approval or a waiver prior to engaging in this contract and this has just come to our to our attention so we are feeling that at this point we should hold on this and bring it back to your board um, as soon as we can hopefully next month but it is our intention we, we really do want to do this um, if if at all if if there is no um, stumbling blocks and I, I do want chris to be able to just speak this if he'd like.
10: Yeah, yeah. and I, I will take responsibility for this because I'm the compliance uh, contractor person that you know I should have seen this and had this submitted for approval so you know I'll take responsibility. We are very excited to, to make this go forward if we can. We I brought a huge box over there from the last time that Royce was uh, uh, WAP was doing landscaping. You can pick any page out of that box and it says how fantastic and how beautiful the place looked and uh, there was some discussion about whether it was the best looking facility in the country in terms of landscaping and how good of a job it is doing, and the engagement of all the the residents who worked and and learned and and you know really learned how trades from from being engaged in this so definitely that was a big part of of what we were trying to achieve and so hopefully we can still do that so
0: Okay. well this was sudden and very unexpected and I, I'm sorry to those of you who came uh, are there any questions yes uh, please
11: I'm just curious because I've lived there most of my life and I remember when they had the uh, contract it was spotless I mean there was mm-hmm. no cigarette butts I'm just saying it was beautiful and I, I'm just saying this because that's that's the truth. So I don't know what the hold up is. I, I keep looking, wondering when they're going to start, you know, as I'm sitting out here. So hopefully, you know, I'm excited about them starting because I know how it will look. So I'm just just kind of concerned that why now all of a sudden that there's a problem here.
0: Yes, please. Uh, first, uh, Commissioner
12: and then Commissioner Luca. Okay, just to clarify, can you tell us what the issue is? Because I'm concerned what the issue is. Because I, uh, as far as I was concerned, it was already approved and done. So you're the so you're the procurement manager, but you're also the modernization and compliance manager.
10: Yes, <laughs> yeah. I have a lot of titles. How long but, have you been with? Uh, I think coming up, this is my eleventh month coming up. So.
12: Okay. Okay. Well, nice to meet you.
10: Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so the the issue is, I think is uh, that Ms. Royce is on the resident council, and then is also president of WAP, which is would be the entity nonprofit that would be doing the landscaping. So it's a perceived conflict more than an actual conflict because I, I don't believe that the resident council engages in any discussion of landscaping or any decision around that. But it's still it is an apparent conflict. And so, uh,
12: okay, and so, so. We went from approving it to when did this? When did you find this conflict? When when did this come up? Because I I thought we were approving it today.
10: Yeah, we were, and I think the conflict came up um, probably a while back, like three weeks or so, and we kind of went over it. And we just thought, well, it doesn't look like. Again, I'll take responsibility. I thought it doesn't look like an actual conflict, but council believes it is. So what council? A perceived conflict. I'm sorry. What council? County Council is our council as well, and then, so, and we And
12: you found this information at when?
10: Probably f- three weeks ago or so.
12: Yeah. Because we just talked. You know. I mean, we just got this we, packet. You told we,
3: me uh, so we we believed that there. Um, um, we're, we made the decision together that um, we did not think there was a, pers- a a conflict. However, with with more legal um, input. We're being we're told that we should wait and just make sure we're doing it properly and getting HUD's approval on a waiver or their statement of no conflict. So that's what we'll do. And, and again, it's not, you know, it was definitely that information just came to us today to, to that we should hold.
10: Yeah, and I do think it's pretty simple. It probably looks like you know, that maybe uh, Miss Rice would recuse herself from decisions on that board in that role about landscaping if there ever was such a thing that came up, but does that make sense? Um,
12: I know I'm I'm with Commissioner Hall. I know that they've done it before. I know that there was no conflict before. I don't understand the problem. I understand, but it, it, it does seem s- strange, and we want to make sure we're representing uh, the housing authority correctly when right. we're doing conflicts. I think this is maybe a problem on our part as far as waiting to the day of the meeting to decide whether or not there's a conflict. If you find out three weeks ago, then you should let us know three weeks ago so we have time to plan. Yes, I absolutely. mean, it's on the agenda, so uh, that's a problem. I would. S- definitely like to see how quick you can get that approval from HUD because I think it's something that needs to be done. I think that you'll find that the residents are all in favor of that. I think there's no conflict between when the Resident Advisory Board, what they vote on and, and doing the landscaping. I think this is a separate thing with her separate business. This has no bearing on the resident housing, but I would like to see how quick you can follow up on this because I think this is a, this is a failure on our part to, not to have all our ducks in a row and then bring it up at the last minute. It it it, it bears in mind that it's not looking uh, as <laughs> clear and uh, concise as it should be. Yep. And we don't wanna make our residents feel that we're not supporting them and uh, we're not supporting the things that we say. So what I'm saying, what I am what I want to understand is, does this mean that you will not be interviewing other people for this job, that for all intents and purposes, that she will still get that contract, that uh, Women Helping All People will still get that contract?
10: Yeah, as far uh, as, as our agency is concerned, we've, we went through a very open process to to get award the contract to her. So it's now it's up to HUD, and it will be obviously a very high priority for me to get it to HUD so they can make an evaluation. But it would be up on on HUD would be the ultimate decider about whether it is a a conflict or not.
12: Um, Well, I I know it's possible because I I, I have attended NARO conferences and spoke with other commissioners, and they do the same thing at their housing authorities. They have resident businesses that uh, take place. And uh, with the housing authority, so I do know it's possible. According yeah. to and even if there is
10: a, a conflict, they could do a simple waiver. Like, hey, if something ever comes up in front of your board, you know, you just recuse yourself and you don't play any role in deciding. And I think that would be, to me, with
12: regard right? to landscaping, you mean? Yes, yes. I think we're we're splitting hairs, but uh, yeah. I know that uh, I've attended conferences with uh, Miss Carroll, and she uh, has been very good about avoiding these sort of conflicts. And I think that she was. Uh, very smart and engaging with this business and very smart in getting this contract, and I thought that it was excellent work, so I hope that we get it settled as soon as possible. Thank you. Yeah.
0: Thank you, Commissioner canson If I might, I see our county council, Brian Washington, is standing by. I'd like to give him an opportunity to speak to the group right now. Brian?
8: Uh, thank you, Commissioner Malden-Peters, and uh, I wanted to address my remarks to Commissioner Canson uh, I just wanted to also apologize, uh, along with staff, for this issue, uh, being raised late, um, uh, and I wanted to emphasize that we have not made any kind of final decision that there is a conflict, uh, but we realize we haven't crossed all our T's and gotten all our I's on this issue, so that's the reason why we asked for the delay, and just wanted to uh, apologize to the commission for that, and we'll uh, work with staff to be ready at the uh, September meeting.
0: Um, other comments? Commissioner Lucan, yeah. Commissioner Rice? Yeah,
13: so I'm just curious if, if we have questions about the item, should we ask them now or should we hold them until it comes back next month?
0: Uh, I'm gonna defer to our council on that.
8: Yeah, I would recommend you hold them until we uh, present the, uh, the item fully in September.
13: Okay. Uh, and, and I assume, you know, as far as maybe for my last legal question, um, uh, County Council, you believe it's best just to wait until September, as opposed to maybe take some form of action today, contingent upon some sort of approval by HUD.
8: That that is our recommendation, uh, Commissioner Lukin. Uh, uh, just because we you know, we we haven't uh, gotten to the bottom of this issue yet, so I would hate to have you take some kind of conditional action. Um, you know, we'd like to do a little bit more staff work and then get back to you, so you can you can take a final action in September.
13: Gotcha. So we'll simply be just continuing this item. Okay. Thank you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just really quickly, I'm not hearing that there's, I'm not hearing that this contract can't go through. This is a matter of dotting I's and crossing T's. Mm-hmm. And having just sat in on an audit finance subcommittee meeting yesterday where we heard about how HUD scrutinizes all our protocols. Um, and then also, I'm thinking about. With our other hats on as supervisors, there are times when contracts are have been awarded, and because we didn't follow the process correctly, we have to go through a whole new, another spin. So I just see this as a delay, um, and um, and a lesson learned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, hopefully it will be back to us next month. And I had a couple questions just about the scope of the contract as well, but I'll hold those till um, next month.
11: That this came up because I asked this question before when it first went out. I asked, Would there be a conflict? And I was told that it was WAP and there was no conflict. So I, all of a sudden, now there's a conflict. It's just kind of mind boggling right now. And the person that I asked is here because I, I, you know, I just wanted to know for myself. But I did ask that question and they told me and WAP is a, a nonprofit organization. So I assume that that was going to be right. And but as I said, I, when, before when the contract was here, they, this never arose. Nobody ever said anything about HUD having a problem with the contract. So I'm just curious as to, you know, where's the motivation or what's behind it.
0: Okay, well, I'm gonna just say, uh, this, is, this is a clarification confirmation with HUD, and we will get that, and um, if it's possible to bring it back sooner, then let's do that. We'll have a special meeting and won't wait till September, so no later than September we'll have this back and we'll let everybody know. Uh, and again, I apologize for the, the uh, delay, but we are uh, gonna move through this. And I guess just um, going forward, let's make sure on all of our procurements, Housing Authority, if you would, work with our county council closely to nail all this down. I know you do, but let's give it one more, one more look. Uh, same with the procurement, too, on, uh, on our developer. Okay, so this uh, item is being tabled uh, to be heard uh, no later than the September meeting. And uh, that moves us now to the Housing Choice Voucher Item, number 13E. And So, um, who, who is presenting on that item?
3: Okay, the, uh, for, for this item, this is an informational only item, and I just want—I've asked Suzanne Joyce, our Housing Choice Voucher Program Manager, and Cynthia Swan, our Housing Navigator, to to help provide some information about the Housing Choice Voucher Program. And, and this is going to be what we'd like to do is be able to provide you an update for some of our major programs on a, a quarterly basis. Uh, and so we'll be bringing these back to you, just so we can always keep you informed of all of the programs that we are offering at the Housing Authority. No. Yeah. Um,
14: good afternoon, commissioners. commissioners. Um, today I'm going to present the um, HCV semiannual progress and productivity report. Um, I'm really excited about doing this because it's important to let everybody know what we do at um, the HCV department. Um, I do have a budget an annual budget of seventy two million seven hundred and ten thousand three hundred and eighty nine dollars and I do um, we do a lot in in-house I have a staff of eight people I have a uh, program Assistant Program Manager, I have two HCV leads, um, one, one of them is the inspector. I have three eligibility workers and two office specialists. So from the time period from January through June 30th, um, we issued 71 new vouchers. And that was between HCV, Mainstream, and EHV. And we, have, uh, we also do, um, we had transfers during the same time. We had 106 transfers, uh, meaning people are moving from units to units, and we're, we are needing um, to find units and having landlords participate. Um, we also had um, inspections. We do annual inspections um, and initial inspections. We had 149 initial inspections and we had a total of uh, 1,400 annual inspections. And annual inspections are done in combination with the annual re-exams that we also do. And we had um, 1,025 annual re-exams and we had 953 interim re-exams. So I'm going to introduce Cynthia Swan who um, has been working with the Landlord Participation Program from its
15: inception. Everybody, I've never come to any of these meetings, so I'm anxious to just kind of give you a summary about how we've done since we started the Landlord Partnership Program. And I started almost seven years ago. Um, I came from a 38-year 30 year background in property management. So I was able to speak fluent landlord as we started out this program. And we have been very successful, as you know. Uh, Our utilization rate for vouchers is at 100%. And so I would like to talk to you a little bit about why this program has been so successful. And so we'll start out with number one. It was necessary in the beginning to have someone to represent the client. The process of trying to get a rental Uh, with a Section 8 voucher um, at a time when landlords said, we don't take Section 8 here, uh, was very daunting. And someone needed to be with the client in order to represent them, to try and convince the landlord to take them, to try and convince the landlord why the program would work for the landlord. And uh, at the time, it was me, the housing locator. And so someone had to be there to represent the client. The client couldn't just walk in during this time and say, I have a voucher, will you rent to me? The answer would be no, by and large. Okay. Part of that is someone needed to represent rent housing. There's a lot of reasons why uh, uh, a landlord said at the time, I don't want to take Section 8. Comes with a bunch of stereotypes and prejudices. But also, they didn't want to work with a government agency. You can imagine, for-profit landlords pushing back on working with a government agency when they don't have to, right? And so they needed someone to stand there and say, here's my cell phone, this is my name, I will help you. You don't have to call into a government organization, which is their big fear, their, um, their one objection, right, about working with, their, one of their objections about working with Section 8. So that, I was able to represent Marin Housing. We will give you 100% customer service, we will pick up the phone the first time, we will answer your questions, and we will make the leasing process easy. You won't, we won't just say, you know, here's an applicant, we'll say, now you need to fill out this form, now you need to send it to Marin Housing, I'll make sure it gets there, I'll make sure it's processed. So this took away a lot of the fears and worries of the landlord in working with a government agency, which was a problem. And the third part of representation is representing the landlord. They are bread and butter, and as a former property manager, it was important for me to understand what their goals are and try to tell them how working with Section 8 would also meet their goals, their NOI goals, all of that kind of stuff. And so I advocate for landlords as well in all cases, so that they will see me as a team member and see me as someone who will support them while they support our clients. Number two, this one is very important. By the way, all three of these, without one of them, the utilization rate drops considerably. Okay. The second one is, is that Marin Housing has done an excellent job of making sure that the maximum rents are right up there with the average market rate in the area. How would it serve us if we would only pay up to 1000 a month if the average market rate for a one-bedroom is 2500 So Marin Housing, Kimberly Carroll, make sure that those maximums stay up there with comparable rents. Therefore, we are saying to the landlord, what's the problem? We can give you the rent that you want. Very important. The second thing is, this is the third thing, pardon me, is that the landlord wants security deposit. It's risk mitigation. They want one month worth of security deposit, and if the credit is bad, they want two months, maybe 1.5, right? So these, aren't neg- these are not negotiable items. It's not back in the day when you could say, will you take payments over time for the security deposit? Landlords have criteria and policies and procedures that they have to apply evenly across the board or they go to fair housing jail. So they don't negotiate rent, they don't negotiate deposits, it is required. And I think most of our clients coming out of coordinated entry who are the people getting vouchers now, uh, they don't have one month security deposit. They don't have two months security deposit. So in these three important issues, if we couldn't have deposit money, there'd be no deal. If they could, the rent, landlords couldn't get the rent they wanted, there'd be no deal. And if there wasn't someone representing, trying to give them the security they need, maybe no deal. So I just wanted to say those are the three important things that keep us at 100% utilization. Okay. And so now we know that the law has changed. A couple years ago, Gavin Newsom came in and re- saved us and said, hey, landlords, you can't say we don't take Section 8 here. You can't do that anymore. You have to let them apply, and then they have to meet the criteria, or you don't have to take them, of course, right? And so you would think that that opens the door wide, except that so many landlords in Marin, especially the, the, the small landlords, are not aware of that. And so it's, for me and the housing location team, it's you know a constant battle of we hear back that the landlord said that, then we call, and we don't threaten them or wag our fingers. We help them to understand, let them know that, you know, they should follow the laws because, you know, they don't want to be outside fair housing, uh, that type of thing. And we that's part of our advocating for them. I'm calling you to assist you so that you will have a greater understanding of what your obligations are under the law in regards to renting to our clients. So... Here's the new thing. Okay, so landlords are, by and large, the big landlords are on board with all the laws. Small landlords, not so much, but we're trying to reach out to all of them. The big landlords from time to time go rogue. They say things like, well, if we can't have all of the rent at move-in, they can't move-in. Well, everyone knows Marin Housing's portion comes three weeks after the move-in. So basically, that's their way of keeping out Section 8. So then we have to call the owner, convince the owner that even though they're trying to apply their policies evenly, see in their mind, they're doing the fair housing thing. Everybody has to pay a full, all the rent up front. So if Marin Housing is not willing to do it, we don't have to take the rentals. So again, there's a battle that goes on there, we always win. But that vigilance of watching the landlords and making sure that our clients can rent to them and they follow the laws, it's always there. The new thing that is becoming an issue is that renting has become very complex. More and more landlords are requiring that you apply online. It didn't used to be that way when I first started. I don't think there were any applications online. More and more landlords, because of continuing complaints, fair housing complaints and discrimination complaints, have decided they're not going to make the decision on who gets accepted. It's gonna go into a computer that has been fed parameters by the management company, and the computer is going to say whether they're accepted or not accepted. That helps the landlord in all the ways I just mentioned, right, but it's very complicated for our clients, first of all, to go online and apply, uh, to also know how to enter our voucher in there because their computer just says they have to make three times the rent, that's it. So they get automatically rejected for income. Because their program doesn't have written in it, if it's Section 8, it's three times their portion of the rent, not the whole rent. So that is going on constantly, trying to get these programs updated, trying to get landlords to understand that they need to assist our clients who come in to apply. And so that's just the stuff that's going on now that's become complicated. So the law is in our favor now, but renting has become more and more complicated. And that concludes my speech uh, <laughs> uh,
3: but i, I also want to say you know i think you'll remember 2016 is when you you all passed the landlord partnership under damon connell uh, commissioner Connolly, and um, it has been a huge success for our for our program um, and at that time we had a lot of people leaving marin county because they couldn't find housing and at this point, that's a very different story. And, and I think, Cynthia, one thing you didn't mention your, um, is that she and her team, we are, uh, find, they are finding units all over Marin County. And we do have a map um, that was supposed to be shown up on the screen. Uh, Christelle, do you know, know Matt? Okay.
15: Let me just say what the map was going to show you, if it was showed on the screen, is if you're interested in, in where majority of the people are renting, so, of the 2,600 vouchers that we have, almost 1,000 are in San Rafael, uh, 800 are in Novato, and then 100, approximately 100 or 200 in Mill Valley, Kentfield Ross, San Anselmo, and Fairfax. And why there's so many in Novato and also in San Rafael is because that's where the larger apartment com- communities are.
0: I think it's worth noting there are quite a number in Muir Beach.
15: That is interesting, huh? Well, it is.
0: It says something about that community, and there aren't very many in the Ross Valley. So I just wanted to note
7: that. You might want to check that number, because they have the same zip code as Sausalito. And I I think there may be some overlap there or some confusion, so...
0: Right, you're absolutely
7: right. Okay, I take that back 200, 210, <laughs> only 210 residents there, so. Okay,
10: we'll, we will... Wellings,
3: yeah. I'll double-check that.
11: Uh, first of all, I'm sure you do good work, but I, I don't remember any of that because I'm a Section 8 tenant. And I remember we were hosting landlords and and so Kimberly remembers this too. We were hosting landlords. So we had a abundance of landlords and there was never a question about whether the tenants, anybody went to assist anyone. Because I remember we offered a lot of perks to the landlords to when they took tenants. so. I'm just curious where this comes from because I've been up here for a long time, and I and I used to talk every day to Lewis Jordan especially about tenants and landlords, and we would have some strong conversations. So I'm kind of having a problem with what you're saying. More specific in your question? Well, my question is, is you're saying that, that they, we were going out we had people assisting people to get housing. I don't remember any of that. Yeah. Yeah, um,
3: can, I, can I speak to that? So, we, uh, uh, so Cynthia's position is really funded through uh, Health and Human Services to help us with our coordinated entry residents. So it's really focused primarily on residents that are coming through coordinated entry. Um, and then there's a lot of other places she she gets involved though with all of the landlords in talking to a, a, many of the landlords many of our tenants um, we also had a housing navigator that was identified specifically for families moving out of golden gate village and who were taking those vouchers and so we had a housing navigator working specifically with those families we we were doing a lot of landlord engagements and trainings pre-pandemic, um, we, and those were highly successful. We had, did a lot of trainings with uh, with the attorney to provide some legal some legal information from attorneys, plus um, just a lot of other information about our program. And we are planning another one this fall. We uh, Suzanne and her team are, are working on that, so we'll. Hopefully, invite all of you and want to do that again. In the last court, in the last period of this report, we have brought on 37 new landlords um, that are new to the program in the last six months. So I, um, they, we are, we do have a team. We actually Cynthia and I have a, another full-time housing navigator, and then a few folks who are, were hired through um, to help us with the emergency housing vouchers that we received recently as well. So. Mm-hmm.
11: I'm not having a okay. problem with what she's saying. Oh. I'm having a problem with the time frame, oh. because I remember when I got my section, that I came to 4020, sat down, filled out all the paperwork, and I was giving my voucher. So I'm, and no one went with me to find an apartment. So I'm saying, if they come out of coordinated entry, it needs to be very clear that that's where they're coming from, because the general public, people getting. Uh, Section 8 vouchers I know are not getting anybody to assist them to find housing and then you know I'm thinking of the numbers but I know that most that Novato has been very generous with housing and I I know people don't have anybody to assist them to get housing in Novato Novato has jumped way ahead of the trend on housing people of color and people with I mean you know it's just I'm just having a problem with that
15: Homer Homers, when I first started, uh, no, uh, every person who got a voucher didn't come to me. Uh, I was working with people coming from supportive housing and, and, and different groups of people. So the person who just got a voucher who didn't come from those areas, they didn't get the benefit of a housing locator. Okay? Now, all vouchers are issued out of coordinated entry. And so all of those clients do come to the housing location team, and we do assist them so when you got a voucher maybe you know you did not require housing assistance from my group
3: can i just clarify one thing though all of our section 8 vouchers housing choice voucher do not come out of coordinated entry um the majority of them in the last six months have because it's been mainstream and ehv and then we have a mou with health and human services to provide um case management services so but generally speaking, um, a lot of folks don't need the support. So, so I, I just want to clarify that a lot of folks do not need the, the type of support that we're, we're off, offering.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm going to move us to Supervisor yeah. Rodoni and Supervisor Yeah, Sackett. Just
7: a quick clarification and further looking at the map, it appears that the 74 units is pointing to Marin City and, and Tam Valley, not Muir Beach, so just confusion there. Muir Beach has none, according to looking at the map more, more carefully. And Thank
0: 74 you.
7: 74 is Marin City and All right. Tam Valley.
4: I stand corrected. <laughs> uh, yeah, so first, just a comment that the acronyms are hard to follow um, from everybody. Um, we hear a lot throughout the day, and it's uh, I had to just kind of go back and look every HCV, et cetera, up. So if you can help with that, I'd appreciate it. Um, on the um assistance or or partnership with the landlords are is there still a dedicated 24-hour phone line and um a deposit or some rehab dollars I remember that at the beginning of the landlord partnership program but just wondered what the I didn't hear that wondered if those are still in
3: existence or if they weren't needed those were we, we are not providing the 24-7 hotline any longer. We, we thought that was going to be a real um, need, but it wasn't ever utilized, and we had it for about two years, and so we, no longer, we are no longer providing that. And the rehab dollars we are not offering as well. We had um, our CDBG rehab program for many years, and uh, as of last year, we stopped um, having that program, so we, we aren't providing that service any longer through, through the Landlord Partnership.
0: Uh, questions down here
12: to my right, uh, Commissioner Cancel, so and rather Commissioner uh, Luke. I had one question. So, do you? Uh, Nevada has its own uh, housing authority, so to speak, don't they?
3: No, no, they don't. We're, we're the county's housing authority for the well, whole. Well, not county. housing
12: authority, but they they help with housing in Nevada too. Don't they have an agency that helps with housing? Oh, the oh, the, the below BMR part. home ownership. Oh, it's okay. the BMR part. Okay. So what I do want to say is um, in January, um, uh, withstanding all of this, in January, I know that this team got an, uh, several awards from NARO for what a good job that they were doing. So I want to make sure that we don't lose sight of the fact that I, I watched you guys get several awards for doing such a great job with your uh, housing, ch- uh, housing choice voucher program. So I'm proud of you with that. Um, the other part is um, on this form. Is this something that you're going to be giving out to voucher holders, or or is this just something for us?
3: This is going out to all of our landlords. We have a little over a thousand landlords, oh, okay. so this will go out to the landlords, and then that will and will also be, as I said, we'll we're planning a um, a, a a training meeting appreciation. appreciation with our landlord community as well.
12: Okay, and so and then the people that help um, people find apartments and what what's their exact title? Like uh, Dialis, I think is one, and she's
15: a housing locator. She's part of the housing location team,
12: and she falls within this realm. Yes, and so you have like at least a couple people that help people and try to help people.
14: We work really close with Cynthia and her team.
3: and we also have a housing navigator who is working with the um, RBRA anchor outs. So going out oh, to, the, to work with that group of folks as well. So it is a, it's, a, it's a pretty full service team because they understand the programs. And as Cynthia mentioned, they, they can speak you know, landlords with landlords from a perspective of a property owner landlord versus an eligibility housing authority. So they do add another level of customer service.
12: Um, I, I do want to ask as far as um, – so Nan McKay processes all the uh, recertifications for this program. So do you work closely with them, Suzanne, to make sure that they're
14: – Oh, yes, yes. So we have um, – right now we're having monthly meetings, but we had semi-monthly meetings for the last year. Uh, and we discussed late reexams, exams terminations, and we assist Nan McKay with – trying to reach out to the, our participants in, in the program.
12: So um, I had this conversation on a person I know with, can but I'm just gonna give you an example. So my recertification, I'm a Housing Choice Voucher client, my recertification is, is in December, but I was contacted by Nan McKay on 8-8 and asked to have all my documentation in by 8-15. Is that the way it usually works? So we
14: do so I'm supposed to read,
12: so it's not yearly then? is what I'm saying.
14: Well, so it is a yearly annual re-exam. Uh, we do send out the, the first letter 120 days prior to the due date of the re-exam. Um, and then the second letter do, does go out two weeks after. Um, we're trying to, there's there was, I think due to the COVID, we had a lot of people that are not, that were not responding mm. to, to late, to, and they're, they got terminated, um, we had to reinstate them, they didn't understand that they had to continue to do all the documents every year. So we also need time to process the annual re So in my report, we have over a 1,000 um, annual oh. re-exams in six months. So there's a lot, there's a big volume
12: of and I and I perfectly them. understand that but what I'm saying is I had five days it says so my okay exam well, is in December and so I've had a couple of complaints about, about that Kimber- personally Kimberly and I talked so about I just wanted to we're, know if it was something gonna, you guys working were going to
14: address the letter and how it's how it's set up
12: but because I want to say that I think you guys are doing a great job and it seems like we're coming down hard on you it's 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 just we're just trying to make sure everything's operating effectively and you guys are still maintaining the great job you were doing to get those awards Thank you.
13: I just had a follow-up on the, uh, the 24-7 phone number that we had at one point. I know we don't have it anymore. Is there still a dedicated number for individuals interested in, la- in the Landlord Partnership Program, or do they just contact the general number?
15: So when a landlord uh, is interested in, say, advertising their units... They um, send an email to landlord at marinhousing.org, and they say, I have a unit I'm interested in. The truth is that over the last seven years, so many of the landlords uh, engage with me personally, so they call me and say, I have a unit that's available. Do you have any clients? But for those landlords, the few that don't know me, they uh, email in on landlord at marinhousing.org. Uh,
2: I.
13: Mean, I- I think there might be an opportunity there, at least for the, you know, we want to keep growing this program, um, make it easier to find, make it, I mean, I understand you don't want your, maybe your email or um, phone number all over the place, but it, it does need to be easy for somebody that maybe just has questions about it, wants to le- learn a little bit more. I don't know if it's a forum, I don't know if it's a, a separate phone number that then routes, but I'll just mention, I think there's an opportunity there to, uh, to take a look at. Thank you.
14: I will look into that. We also do get quite a few phone calls from landlords, um, and we do have our answering service, and they are trained on responding on how to, you know, if they have questions about wanting to lease out their units. Um, But I will definitely look into that.
13: Great. Thank you.
2: Yeah. um, Well, so I'm looking back seven, eight, nine years, and I think – I'm just even just looking at this map and the numbers here there's such a great story to tell here so I'm on with uh with commissioner canson and don't don't let the questions um dampen the success of this program i mean literally i remember when we had something like 2100 vouchers mm-hmm. out there we were at like 80% utilization now we're at 100 there was people having to port out all the time community members having to place their vouchers outside of the county so um, I think there's, and, and also we didn't really have a sense of, of where you know, our people and are and these vouchers, our landlords um, in every community, and, and they really are, it is spread around. Yes, Novato and San Rafael have the largest number, but they are also geographically, as well as population-based, much larger. So mm-hmm. there's a really great story to tell here, and the Landlord Partnership Program was a huge part of accelerating our capacity and bringing new landlords in, and there was county dollars put into that. Um, there was Lewis uh, Jordan and his team doing a ton of outreach to, to landlords. There was the grant program. Um, there was the 24-hour hotline, which I actually think is not... A bad idea to consider having some something similar to it set up. A lot of that is just security, mm-hmm. um, a sense of, of security for a landlord to be able to call a number and know if they're having an issue with a tenant that there's mm-hmm. somebody who can be responsive. So I, I would give it some thought along those lines. Um, and then I just want to add that a lot of The Landlord Partnership Program that we have now and some of these positions, the housing navigators, those are things that didn't exist as positions five, ten years ago. And now they are and they exist as a a best practice in other housing authorities. Mm -hmm. So um, what Marin Housing Authority started with the Landlord Partnership Program and really being aggressive on on growing our landlord pool and assisting clients or tenants get housing in Marin County, actually, before the state, passing an ordinance that said you cannot deny uh, housing based on uh, form of payment. We actually got ahead of the state. Um, you know, we've really been a leader, and I think that, that it's telling a very good story. I don't think we should rest on our laurels. Uh, and then I also take to heart, Commissioner... Um, Hall's you know comments around who's getting help and who isn't, because I think that it's um, to the degree that you have that data in terms of how difficult or how easy it is for folks to actually land their voucher somewhere, y- you want to know how folks are doing who aren't asking for help as well um, because I mean, I just think that's good data. But this is a great story. Um, and to have 20, I mean and part of the reason, sorry to, for me to go on so long, I I really appreciate you bringing the program forward, um, Kimberly, because Mm -hmm. um, Marin Housing Authority is not just about Golden Gate Village or public housing or senior housing. It's about all of it, including our voucher, um, various voucher programs in which 2,600 individuals and or households are are getting housing. Mm -hmm. So thank you for bringing this forward, and um, don't don't rest on your laurels. Keep on pushing. Keep the pedal to the metal, as they say.
0: Okay, on that note, I'm gonna thank you for the report. And uh, with that, with apologies to public uh, comment time, which we'll have in a moment, I need to circle back to item number 13D and request a motion to continue item 13D to approve contract for Golden Gate Village Gardening and Landscaping until uh, the next Marin Housing Authority meeting, which would be no later than our September meeting. Um, Supervisor Lucan, you raised that issue. Would you be willing to make that motion?
13: Uh, yes, I'd make a motion that we continue item 13-D. Thank you.
0: second. Okay, we have a motion by Lucan and a second by Rice. All in favor?
4: Aye.
0: Aye. Okay, thank you. With that, we will now move to public comment. Thank you for your patience. Please come up if you wish to address the board. I a about this, uh, sure. Come. It's fine. A question, a comment, this is the
16: time. Sounds like a lot of progress on the vouchers, and Mm -hmm. these questions are just for my information. Um, So are there enough vouchers for the need? That's one question, just because housing is such a big need and low-income housing is such a big need, and I hear there aren't enough in the whole country. Um, So what's our situation here? Um, If a landlord has an above-average rent they don't have to rent to voucher holders? That seems like a problem. If that's true, I don't know if it's accurate. Um, Is there a penalty for landlords who get around it? And um, what disqualifies a um, client from from qualifying for a voucher? And is there anything housing can do about that? And the last thing is, what is NOI? That's one of the Okay, thank you. Uh,
0: great. Why don't we take, yes, you can answer since this is the last item, if you would, and then we'll go
3: to general comments. Okay. Um, there, no, there is not enough vouchers. We, uh, the last time we opened our Section 8 wait list was 2008. We had 12,000 people who got on it, um, and we're still working off that list. So um, we are going to, we only have 255 people on our Section 8 Housing Choice Voucher Program currently. So we will be opening it in the near, near future. <laughs> um, but there is not enough. There is There's talk now in the Biden administration of some new vouchers coming down the pipeline, and we are really um, set to apply for anything that comes up. We are also looking to uh, working with the nine Bay Area housing authorities uh, to do a consortium to apply for some funds that are coming out of the, the um, Transportation Commission. So we're hoping that maybe we can get some more vouchers that way. It's not a lot of money, it's a pilot project, a demonstration, but we will be trying to tee up to get those. So okay. not enough. Um, do other answers? Yes, yeah. Um, the other is um, above average, um, uh, oh. What was above average? I'm sorry, Chris. If the rents are above average.
15: Mean above the maximum? Whatever that is. Yeah, I the have, maximum. What are the
16: limits for a voucher holder? I mean, what keeps people out?
15: So uh, we have when a ma- maximum, sorry. We have a maximum rent, and uh, the applicant can't rent an apartment that is above that maximum rent. No, I wouldn't say a lot, or we wouldn't be so successful. That's one of the important issues, is that we're able to find maximum. What is the maximum. For a one-bedroom, the maximum is $29.31 less the utility allowance. So to explain that, that, um, $29.31, if you have to pay all utilities, then that uh, utility allowance will be around $300. So 2931 minus 300 is 2631. So if you go to rent an apartment and you have to pay all the utilities there, the maximum is 2631. If all you have to pay is PG&E, the maximum is uh, 2831. And so that's one a, that's a one bedroom. And is that
0: supplementing what the person themselves pays? Is there a certain amount of their the rent they so pay? They
15: pay and rent 30 percent of their income. So if they make thousand dollars, their portion's 300, and we pay the rest.
3: Up, up to that amount. So when when a landlord, when a resident is asking to move into a unit, we do a, we have to do a, uh, it's called rent reasonableness to make sure that it, it's comparable to the community and, and to units with the same amenities. And then we can pay that amount. If there's, if there's a reason why we have to go above the payment standard, we are allowed to go up to 120% of the payment standard if necessary based on reasonable accommodation and um, other issues. Yep. Yes. But there is nothing. So a landlord is going to ask for what the what the rent will will allow. They're in business, right, and what the market is is going for. So the those payment standards go up also as the market changes every year hud puts out there the fair market rent studies that allow us to either uh, to adjust our payment standards so generally speaking um, landlords are not going outside of that Uh, you know i mean of course there's there's areas where it's a lot more expensive but um for all all really that is not we're not finding that to be a problem and there isn't anything we can do if a landlord is has chosen to go above those payment standards they just are really out of our um they're not eligible for our program okay
0: thank you for that are there any are there other public comments
12: okay um real quick real quick so what happens with the money that gets subtracted for utility allowance
15: so the, the t- utility allowance of course is subtracted from the uh, from the payment standard it's also subtracted from the tenant's portion of rent so if their portion of rent is 300 and they live in an apartment where they have to pay all utilities 300 minus 300 their portion of rent is zero because we are basically saying let's give you a little more money so you can pay your utility bills
12: so you're saying that that money that comes off of that utility standard goes toward the Tenant's rent. That's it's what you're deducted
15: saying? from their portion. Yeah.
12: Okay, yep. that's what I just wanted to make
0: clear. Thank you. Okay, I'm going to invite any other speakers,
5: public comment, up at this time, and then we'll go online. Well, I, I think one question that wasn't answered is there anyone that anything that disqualifies a person from getting a voucher?
15: Uh, yes, all landlords have rental criteria. So their rental criteria might be a uh, credit score although we're seeing less of that more and more, uh, their criteria will be a portion that they have to pay uh, maybe three times the rent. In the case of a Section 8 person, three times their portion of the rent. Their income has to be three times that. Um, some landlords are two times that or 2.5 times that. That's their rental criteria. And uh, they have a rental criteria, and they have to apply it evenly to all applicants.
3: Can, can i i'm sorry let me just clarify though that doesn't disqualify somebody for a voucher for us giving the voucher is um, that so landlord has their own tenant screening but for us as a as a voucher to give someone a voucher they have to income qualify they have to be extremely low or very low income low income does not qualify eighty percent of in, area median income is too high of income to qualify for our program for the Section 8 programs, different for public housing, but for the Section 8 program. And then um, the other, so you have to be very low income, and then you have to also not be, we do screen for, um, we do back, uh, criminal background screens for the vouchers, which is, a, you cannot be a, a registered sex offender, and or a, is there?
14: Any um, uh, criminal in the, in the last three years?
5: A criminal conviction? That probably disqualifies a lot of people who uh, need housing, who can't find work, who are on parole, who are just coming out of prison. I would urge the county to look at that.
3: And, and, I, and I think we have looked at that. I don't um, when she says criminal, it has to be a, um, a drug related criminal activity. Um, or a, um, a violent act in the last three years, and those would disqualify. And, and even with that, every one we look at one by one, and every there's circumstances that we would ret- overturn a, a decision uh, based on people's probation or working with um, you know different va- various uh, groups. I don't know if that was clear. that down. I
5: have a feeling that's an issue that might be revisited. So, um, as you know, my name is Mary Morgan. I live in Point Reyes Station. I'm a member of Main Street Moms and Friends of Golden Gate Village. Housing segregation is foundational to perpetuating all other forms of racial inequity. Where we live dictates our economic opportunity, the quality of our health care and education, and our ability to accumulate intergenerational wealth. You, as commissioners, are key housing decision-makers in Marin. Your votes on housing policy and programs determine not only the quantity of housing, but whether it is affordable and whether it exacerbates or mitigates Marin's traditional and long-standing pattern of housing segregation. We urge you to read the color of Law," a forgotten history of how our government segregated America. <coughs> if you've already read it, consider a reread. Share it with your staff and other colleagues. Commissioners Hansen and Hall, we acknowledge that your respective lived histories could teach all of us what it's like to feel the crushing brunt of housing segregation. And we also acknowledge that we cannot allow gentrification to be an unintended unintended consequence of dismantling housing segregation. We are offering you a copy of The Color of Law because reading it changed our understanding of housing and racism in our county and country. We had not previously grasped the effects of past and current governmental policies that create preferences for white citizens and influence the segregated housing landscape in which we all live. We want your decisions about housing to be informed by this same understanding.
16: Chris Brown, Inverness, um I'm also a volunteer for Main Street Moms and Friends of Golden Gate Village. And before we pass over the, um, pass along to you what we, what we want to share with you and what we want you to read, um, I wanted to invite you to an event in Point Reyes Station. Richard Rothstein, who's the author of Color of Law, and his daughter Leah Rothstein have now published a new book entitled Just Action, how to Challenge Segregation Enacted Under the Color of Law. It shows us how citizens can work together on the local level to dismantle housing se- segregation. At the event, Leah Rothstein will discuss how our segregated society came to be and what we can all do to change it, or to begin to change it. We ask you to save the date of Saturday, October 7th. Point raise Books... Main Street Moms and KWMR, our local radio station, are co-sponsoring this free event. It's at 4 p.m. at the Dance Palace Community Center in Point Reyes Station. And while Kate and Rebecca give you the invitations and the books, please consider a pre-event stroll just two blocks from the Dance Palace along the beautiful, um, just two blocks from our community center called the Dance Palace along a beautiful path by the wetlands. We have more flyers for the public and for the MHA staff. You are all invited. We hope to see you there. And if you would like a flyer for the event, um, Susan in that hat there has some for you. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, if there's no other speakers in the chamber, I see one hand online, Uh, two hands.
1: Okay. First up, we have Fire Tablet. Please unmute yourself. Um, Fire Tablet, uh, you should be able to unmute. Um, okay, we can, we'll come back to you. How about we um, go to Johnson Reynolds. Can you please unmute yourself?
7: Law that's probably very helpful. The background for providing housing that's affordable for low-income people. I think that's very helpful. My concern, though, is um, how many landlords are there? Landlords? uh, Is there enough landlords that are going to work with uh, Section Eight housing to accommodate everybody, including people on fixed income? people with uh, very low income, including people of color. That's the question for me is, uh, are these landlords accepting of people of color in addition to uh, people with uh, have been formerly homeless and uh, other people that could be discriminated against, uh, uh, disabled, uh, seniors, things like that? Uh, the homeless, but also the other people, that people of color particularly, that uh, is there enough landlords that do not discriminate against those people as well. So thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, next step, we'll have um, Barbara Bogard. Um, please go ahead and unmute yourself.
17: Yeah, thank you. Barbara Bogard, Unincorporated, Mill Valley, <laughs> um, I want to return a moment to the landscaping contract issue because you wouldn't let me speak about it when it was on the agenda. You pulled it from the agenda, so I suppose open time is the time to address it. Um, I have an email from Chris Barta dated July 31st that raised this issue. So that, and today is August 22nd, so that's how long they've known about it and I have the HUD regulation in front of me. Title 24, Subtitle B, Chapter 9, Part 964, Subpart B, Section 964.145, Conflict of Interest. Resident Council officers cannot serve as contractors or employees if they are in policymaking or supervisory positions at the housing authority. Royce is not at the housing authority. So what needs to be interpreted? You talk about conflict of interest here. I think the conflict of interest that we're seeing is coming from the county and MHA. Thank you.
1: Uh, thank you um, we're going to go back to fire tablet give you another chance here see if you can unmute your device All right fire tablet seems like you might have issues with their device um, We have no other members in the queue. Thank you
0: Okay, thank you with that we'll close public open time We will see you in September if not sooner and uh, take up the issue of the landscape being tracked at that time. Thank you, everyone, for coming.
3: Thank you.